Hello, and welcome to Rocket's Accelerated Geek Conversation. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace and Hrefs. I'm Simone de Rochefort, senior video producer at Polygon, and I'm here with Christina Warren, a senior cloud advocate at Microsoft, and Brianna <laughs> Wu! Back again. Hey, here's a fun fact. When you tear your vocal cords, it takes a while for it to heal. <laughs> Who knew that? It does. It does. Uh, we are so glad to have you back on the show, um, especially because Lord knows we're talking about some of your favorite topics this week. If y'all talked about Peloton without me, I, I accept that the Wordle episode happened without me, even though I'm very addicted to it. Mm-hmm. But if you talked about Peloton without me, like, I'm serious. We would, I mean, you know, we'd, we'd come drive to down to, yeah, yeah, it would be bad. It would yeah, be the bad. New York Times really forced our hand. I think we, we, we had just wanted to talk about it because you wanted to talk about it, and we could have put it off. And then the New York Times was like, no, we're going to buy it, and we're going to force <laughs> right. them to talk about it. Um, exactly. Fair enough. You do have to tell me. I kept saying on Twitter over and over about Simone's secret second word choice. So can you please share that with me? So second word it? choice, or, or yes. your starter word, or your starter word your choice. Starter word and second word. Was I talking about how I was on farts meta last time? Because I was doing <laughs> farts, but now I, I'm on rants. Now rants is my rants. word. Now rants yeah. is a good okay. one. Today, I really, I had a bad starting word and I I got it in five, but it was, it was real tough because I had uh, two letters correct, but not in the right order. So to, in in, in today's word, uh, have you, have all three of you played? Yes. Or both of you played? Okay. All right. So, because by the time people hear this, it, the time zone will be, uh, like you will not be on today's word. So it was, because we're recording this on a Tuesday. So the word was great, uh, was frame. And um, I, I originally like my starter word ended in R E, so I got oh. like 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 two of the word, two of the letters, but in not the right order. So to find the right place again, yeah, it was five. So I was like, oh, you need a good starting word to get mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. I, I, th- I, th- I think rants would have been okay, um, and uh, uh, farts actually would have been good. Farts would have been really good today. I didn't do it today. Um, I mean, not in Wordle. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, not mortal. <laughs> anyway, wow, wow. <laughs> Let's See, talk this about is what news. I've missed for the last two weeks. You know, I just I don't have this kind of sophistication in my life. I was gonna say I you don't have it. other people talking about. It's like, well, I I farted, it, but but not in Wordle. Yeah, uh, uh, I love that, but not in Wordle episode title. Yeah, you've been. Uh, oh my god. Uh, okay. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Facebook is having a really bad couple of weeks, folks. Um. Last week, Facebook had their quarterly earnings report, which revealed not only uh, stagnating growth, but also a user base that has actually shrunk, at least in terms of daily users. Uh, Their daily users have fallen by about half a million in the last three months of 2021 to a paltry, (laughs) hold your breath, 1.93 billion with the B daily users. Uh, but this is actually the first time in its history that Facebook has lost daily users, according to Washington Post. The stall in that growth is is a is a global stalling. Uh, according again to Washington Post, Facebook has been stagnant in the US and in Europe for a while now, but it was continuing to grow in countries like India, where it was expanding. Um, that being said, while its daily users are down, its monthly users are up, and Instagram, WhatsApp, and Messenger are still growing. Despite that, uh, Meta, the parent company, or like, you know the umbrella company's stock, uh, plummeted by more than 26% uh, Thursday afternoon of last week. Uh, and the sort of uh, context for that, this is obviously coming at a time when not only was there that unfortunate earnings call about the final quarter of 2021. But of course, that fall of 2021 is when we saw the Facebook papers released. Um, TikTok continues to grow as a rival to Facebook. Uh, Facebook has failed to generate advertising revenue from Reels, which is its uh, Instagram TikTok, Instagram-based TikTok clone. Uh, It's got slow growth. Uh, and apparently there was an, a change to Apple's OS uh, that made ad tracking less uh, less profitable for companies like Facebook, which rely 
hugely, hugely on ad revenue. At the same time, throughout 2021, you know, Facebook had made its big rebrand to Meta um, and was heavily investing in Facebook Reality Labs, which uh, is where they they deal with their uh, AR and VR hardware. They invested $10 billion in that in 2021 and in the final quarter of 2021 lost $3.3 billion, again, dollars, although they did bring in 80, $877 million, million with an M, dollars in revenue. Uh Facebook is hoping, I guess, to continue focusing on hardware as it moves forward. In that same quarterly earnings call, Mark Zuckerberg said, quote unquote, last year was about putting a stake in the ground for where we are heading. This year is going to be about executing. So the meta name change and the uh, investment in virtual reality was the stake in the ground, as it were. Ah, They also uh, are continuing to experience a lot of legislative pushback. Of course, the uh, United States antitrust case is still ongoing and there's potential legislation from European lawmakers looming. Additionally, as of this week, Peter Thiel uh, will be stepping down from Facebook's board after this year's coming annual stockholder meeting. He's been on Facebook's board since 2005 and he was the company's first big outside investor uh, back when it was the Facebook he is also an evil skin construct full of spiders <laughs> and malice. So, uh, allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Opi- uh, opinions expressed here are not necessarily the, ex- the opinions of, of, of our. Are you afraid advertisers he's going to sue me? I mean, he look. I look. I, I'm the one who has worked at, at at a business that was bankrupted by Peter Thiel. So, yep. <laughs> yes, I, I do actually have those fears. <laughs> Ah, so that is a, a rough, rough summary of the the trouble time that Facebook is having this week. What are y'all's reactions to this news? Can, can I share a super quick story about this? Of course. So sure. I was, of course, when I saw Facebook stock plummeting, plummeting, plummeting down to the earth, my first honest emotion was glee. I was thrilled. <laughs> it's, it's like comeuppance. And then I saw a tweet from, let me check this, uh, someone named Christina Warren <laughs> saying, I sure hope that this doesn't take down the entire tech sector. And yep. then I looked at my stock portfolio oh, later no. in the day. And <laughs> it mm-hmm. wasn't good for uh, many things that day, though it did rebound. So, uh, Christy, I want to tell you, like, I, I read that tweet. and I was like, maybe I shouldn't praise this too much because right. you do have a lot of you have people that, like, may work in a company like say, Google or Microsoft, maybe, that may have uh, part of their compensation being in stock. They're going to be affected by no consequence whatsoever. You're going to have people that work at Facebook that are you know, good people just trying to get paid that are going to be affected by this. So um, that was kind of a moment of conscience for me. So thank you, Christina. I appreciated that. Uh, you're welcome. Yeah, I have to say my initial response too was like, couldn't happen to a to a better company, right? Uh, <laughs> but, 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 but the same thing is, is you think about, like I think about the people that I know who work there, who are good people, and you think about the impact on their stock. And I mean, not to put too fine a point on it, and this is the interesting thing. The stock market, as we've discussed many, many times in the past, is especially over the last uh, you know, two years or so has been completely irrational. And the the um, the drop, I do feel like, at least based on the fundamentals, is um, a lot. Like you could you could maybe see the argument for for some companies dropping this much if it looks like their 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 future. Uh, well, and also be to clear, Facebook in their earnings didn't uh, give any guidance in the future, which was a problem. Hmm. But still, to see at this point, um, you know, the the stock so a, a week ago, and, and I'm looking at um, uh, kind of the, the the stock numbers right now. So this is we were recording this on. February 8th. So on February 2nd at close, like the market closes at four. So at 3.55 p.m., the stock was at $322.99. Then they released earnings. And the next day, it opened at $240. Okay. So that's a massive drop. It is now, as we are recording this, $219.65. Oh, so it has dropped over $100 a share. So it has dropped about a third. Um, a little less than a third, but 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 you know a, a, about a third in um, you know twenty eight percent give or take in um, uh, six days, so four trading days, so um, five trading days. So it, this is not like this is 
significant. Um, and uh, like NVIDIA is now the seventh uh, largest U.S. company because it's passed yeah. Facebook because of this. You know, so like their 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 market cap is just tanked. Um, Sorry, I was looking at Peloton's statement. Apologies. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, I was gonna say I was like, do we have like music here? We should, yeah. So, so this is this is this is a this is a big deal. Um, and and it is interesting. Like I do like wonder about kind of like the um, and, and selfishly, I'm not. I, obviously, I have I'm vested in in the hoping that the sector does well. But but it is interesting to see like what impact this will have on on the greater sector. You know. Well, I I just wanted to say. I mean, do you think? I think there's a fair argument, though, that this is a, a a an adjustment to their price that is fair. I mean, you know, Facebook. Let's be honest; it's not the new hotness. You know, they can try these tricks with you know one second uh, loops on Instagram to like get mm-hmm. video views way up that give the illusion of people looking at it. But you know, with mm-hmm. the pivot to video move that just destroyed so many journalism jobs, and the fact that you know this is not see it's seen as the place your racist uncle hangs out, right? Yeah. You know, and even this meta move is desperate and obvious in my opinion. Um, you know, I I kind of feel like like one of our later topics is going to be Peloton. I feel like that's kind of an unfair adjustment because the core business is solid. You know, with with this, it kind of feels like Facebook's king of the hill status is like AT&T died, right? Not died, right. but they they became less of a, a powerhouse eventually. So did IBM. That feels like this correctly happening to Facebook. So I don't think this valuation is unreasonable. How do yeah, you feel? Yeah, I, I think that was my reaction to it as well. Like my twofold reaction was one, either they bounce back from this in some way because it is truly such a large and Massive omnipresent drop. company. Right. Um, but alternately, like it, it sh- eventually, obviously this is a huge, huge drop, but the tech industry itself can reform around the vacuum that is Facebook. Uh, The rest of the sector might be being affected right now, but by no means has the value of something like, say, Microsoft permanently been altered by Facebook's uh, devaluation, even if if that's the effect we're seeing right now. So I I feel I I agree with you, Brie, that if we are seeing a permanent sort of shift in, in Facebook's fortunes, it can eventually only be better for the rest of the industry, I imagine. I wouldn't go that far uh, just because, you know, Facebook is just a, a really big player. So I, I, I don't know if I would go that it would be better, but it might be inconsequential. I don't know if I agree that maybe the current valuation is fair or not. I don't know. The market values it however it values it. I mean, I do agree with the assessments that, like, obviously Facebook is no longer the new hotness. And it hasn't, you know, it's, it's an 18-year-old company. Um, and and it has to evolve. And, you know, they they bet big in, in Instagram and uh, WhatsApp are clearly their growth areas. They see things like Oculus and, and you know, the metaverse, which they're still trying mm-hmm. to make a thing as their growth opportunities. And and there are rivals like TikTok. If, I, if I'm being completely honest, as, as big and as, you know, flashy as TikTok is, I don't see TikTok having the sort of staying power um, that Facebook has. Yeah, uh, I think that's fair. You know, I think that uh, now it remains to be seen. Could TikTok have other products? Could they release other things that could get them there? Sure, maybe. But the the thing that I do have to credit Facebook with, grudgingly even if so, is that they took something that, you know, started as a a social network that, you know, people like myself joined when we were college students because you had to be a college student to join it. And it's become this omnipresent thing Mm -hmm. for for advertising, for small businesses, for communications, for, you know, so many different uh, services. They largely invented the landscape of the modern consumer internet. 100%. And and I, so I I feel like I'm I'm not willing to count them out. Uh, It's just, I do think that it is very clear that they need to get the next thing that they can do. And and, and, and it remains to be seen, you know, where that will be. I, I did think that them blaming Apple (laughs) <laughs> you know, for for their losses was a little bit rich. Not to say that the the changes in iOS, um, uh, you know, uh, fifteen or whatever haven't had an impact, because I'm sure that they have. But uh, you know, that just feels like a little bit like okay, you know, Snap in the same period, Snap actually posted a profit for the first time, and they said, okay, well, we had 
um, uh, you know, the impact of of the the iOS changes was less than we expected, and and now actually we've we've, we've rebounded. So mm-hmm. there's a corollary. Not to say that Facebook could do the same thing because they're very different companies. I'm not trying to to say that, but it is just interesting that you know one company is like uh, blaming kind of all their problems on that, whereas another company who was equally reliant, uh, maybe not equally, that's unfair, but but was also reliant. Uh, on you know the tracking stuff with iOS has has already rebounded, so mm-hmm. we'll see. Yeah, I get another thought that I have uh, on a broader level about this is just looking at these numbers. You know, one point nine three billion daily users being this this terrible low number that Facebook's numbers uh, have shrunk to. It really <laughs> it, it's giving me feelings about the valuation of social media as a concept, because it, it feels to me like when the product is quite literally people's eyeballs and this advertising res- revenue, that the product is people's attention. These companies need to keep growing to these astronomical, ridiculous, huge levels, right? Um, because otherwise, what's the value? There, there's there's nothing. Like the core product is a, a platform to consume advertising. Um, And it feels actually quite unsustainable when I'm thinking about it and thinking like 1.93 billion is not enough. We we need more like that's that seems wild to me. I mean, I think we can return to that point for the next topic, but I I couldn't agree more. Um, I also I think there's there's a core issue here that is someone who buys a ton of Facebook ads, like a a ton of Facebook ads. Mm -hmm. It's just not that good a product compared to a lot of their competitors as far as the, um, you know, I, I believe that they, you you can micro target a certain group or a zip code or something like that. But I just tell you, like, I don't have any faith that's actually accurate because I can, I can see like what the reaction is versus the competitors, which Mm -hmm. are actually cheaper. So I can tell you as an organization that buys a lot of ads, you know, we, we don't do as much business with Facebook as we used to just because uh, as best as we can tell from the outside, their metrics seem to be much less accurate. Mm. Um, I wanted to return to a point you were making Simone about Peter Thiel leaving this, in my opinion, is is not a win overall because the reason he's leaving is to go endorse mm-hmm. and rally for a bunch of Trump candidates in you know 2022 and 2024. And to me, it's like he's done the most damage he can uh, to democracy yeah. and Facebook, <laughs> and now he's moving on to finish <laughs> off the United States. This is a man that had a quote that he no longer believes democracy and freedom are compatible, which is a terrifying That's- thing for a billionaire to say. <laughs> uh, so um, that that worries me what? quite a bit. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Let's move on <laughs> to... <laughs> I can't even emotionally grapple with that right now. This episode of Rocket is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform to build your online presence and run your business. From websites and online stores to marketing tools and analytics, Squarespace has you covered. It combines cutting-edge design and world-class engineering, making it easier than ever to establish your home online and make your ideas a reality. Squarespace has everything you need to create a beautiful and modern website. You start with a professionally designed template and use drag-and-drop tools to make it your own. You can customize the look and feel, the settings, the products you have on sale, and more with just a few clicks. And all Squarespace websites are optimized for mobile. Your content will automatically adjust to look great on any device. What's more, you'll also get free unlimited hosting, top-of-the-line security, and dependable resources to help you succeed. There is nothing to patch or upgrade. They have award-winning 24-7 customer support if you need any help. They'll even let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name. Plus, you'll have everything you need for SEO and email marketing to get your ideas out there. Start a newsletter. Go wild. You can use Squarespace to turn your big idea into a new website, to showcase your work with their incredible portfolio designs, to publish your next blog post, to promote your business, to announce an upcoming event, and so much 
more. If any of those myriad things sound wonderful to you, you, listener, can go to squarespace.com rocket for a free trial with no credit card required. And then when you're ready, use the offer code rocket to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. That is squarespace.com rocket. And when you decide to sign up, Use that offer code ROCKET to get 10% off your first purchase and show your support for ROCKET. Our thanks to Squarespace for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. So I have some breaking news that just uh, <gasps> happened uh, on the Peloton Facebook page. Uh, <gasps> the CEO of Peloton has officially uh, resigned and named his successor, which is uh, Barry McCarthy from uh, Spotify and Netflix. Uh, in the resignation letter, he uh, goes on to state that uh, McCarthy had a huge role in scaling up both Spotify and Netflix and feels that uh, those skills are going to be very uh, key to getting Peloton back on course. So just wanted to announce that. Oh, that- the content, huh? <laughs> they, 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 thanks for thanks for sharing with the Peloton community, uh, Peloton founder uh, and tone deaf uh, executive. Appreciate that. <laughs> oh my goodness, goodness gracious me! So, listener, as you can possibly glean, uh, Peloton, like Facebook, is having a bad week. Uh, their CEO John Foley is stepping down. What's more, it feels like there's something missing from that. What else is happening there? 20% Hmm. of uh, the workforce is being laid off. That's about 2,800 employees, uh, according to CNN. And uh, that includes, uh, actually, I'm not sure about the statistic. It said including 20% of its corporate positions. Does that mean 20% of the corporate positions or 20% of the 2,800 people are No, it's affecting corporate. 20% of its corporate positions. Gotcha. So, right. um, so, so, so it's, it's uh, you know, 2,800 people. The cuts won't affect Peloton and structure roster or content. Yes. So, so, so this is so people, the, the, so, the uh, coaches are okay. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. They the, the, give that line, but they've way cut back on how many classes a week their less popular uh, oh. instructors get. My sure. favorite, Olivia, like, look, uh, you know, uh, Jess King is always going to be fine. She's the woman that Mr. Big had a heart attack for. Um, you know, she's going to be fine. Uh, but some of the, you know, the the less popular ones like uh, Sam Yeo or Olivia Amato, uh, they've been cut way back. We used to get Jeez. class every day, and now it's like one or two a week. Ooh. Right. And not to take anything away from those things because those are real um, impacted stuff, but those are not like W-2 employees. So right. that wouldn't be something that would be, I mean, you know, uh, that, that that's that's great. That's very interesting that that has happened. But at least it, from what they're saying, that's not affecting, you know, that group of people. So this is actually like the, the, the full-time corporate employees mm-hmm. who've, sure. been, who've been impacted, which is significant. My theory is that they're paid annually, and then it's all the support staff, the people that produce those classes and you set right. the cadence and all of that. Um, they are cut way back, and their hours are cut way back. So the number of classes they're producing is significantly impacted by this. I would imagine that's true. So in uh, Peloton statements, they, they are calling this a succession plan months in the making. Uh, as you said, Bree Barry McCarthy uh, will be stepping up to be CEO and president Foley is becoming the company's executive chair, so he's not out entirely. He's just not CEO. Uh, This is basically being, uh, the the responsibility for this is being laid at uh, Peloton over-investing and over-scaling certain operations. Uh, Among other things, they are, uh, quote-unquote, winding down the development of their first U.S. factory in Ohio, uh, which is going to save them $60 million. Um, which actually does suck a lot. That's I'm that's unfortunate. Uh, but yeah, it, it's it comes at. I think we had talked a few months ago about how Peloton had that really really excellent 2020, and then a very very mm-hmm. embattled 2021. They truly did get a lot of uh, attention and growth in 2020 with um, everyone pivoting to home workouts scaled up a lot based on that apparently, and then were you know hit with the reality of uh of some semblance of uh of outside life returning uh and this is the the result of that which is really unfortunate 2800 jobs lost and a factory yeah 
Yeah. So, uh, Simone, have you ever seen the show Sports Night? No, I haven't. Such a good uh, show. Christine, Aaron Sor- you're a big fan, Of course, right? it's, it's, it's Aaron Sorkin's yeah. um, original show, Simone. It, it, was it's, the, it's it, it was the first time that he made a TV show about Keith Orban. Good right. for him. So so the very final episode of Sports Night, which was canceled prematurely, it was kind of a yes. metaphor of the show itself uh, not being renewed by the network. <laughs> and uh, a character comes along and says something to the effect of, uh, you know, if someone can't make money from this show, they shouldn't be in the money-making business. Oof. And that's really how I feel about Peloton. I pay $40 a month happily for my subscription and will continue to pay that happily because it is the there's no money i spend a month that i feel i get more from mm-hmm. and there are legions of people out there they're just as in like it is a user base as fanatical mm-hmm. as apple is like people that peloton love it and we pay a lot of money their their apparel business alone would put a lot of apparel businesses to shame and they're shutting that down Right, which is just which is crazy. dumb. That's nuts. Which is dumb. Um, now I get it. His his the the CEO founder's wife like was the VP of the para, of the apparel business, and I get that like le- like optically might not look great for her to continue to have a job, but outsourcing the apparel thing, I can't stress this enough. Their apparel was actually really high quality and really good, and yeah, people loved it. It's great. I I think that that getting out of that business is a mistake because if anything, I would go okay if you really needed extra cash white label apparel for other brands i'm not even right. joking you're already doing this but why are you but now but to basically move it to silk screening and other people's stuff is anyway i think it's, it's a disaster anyway I sorry go on. I, mistake. it's very high quality but this is my point peloton this last year this is a, a management problem because they have money coming in they tried to scale up their factory far too quickly yep and they tried to they spent money on super bowl ads and all this crazy stuff. It's okay for a company to be small mm-hmm. and for a company to be like exclusive where, oh, I can't get a Peloton bike. I can't get a tread. I can't get those Peloton, you know, that those Caprice that I want to work out. That's okay. But they tried to grow so quickly and made these crazy investments when it was so obvious at the other side of the pandemic, not that we're there, but people are acting like it, mm-hmm. was going to bite us all. And yep. this is, it's so clearly mismanagement. So 100%. I, I'm glad he's stepping down. But someone that can't make money from people as fanatical as, as we Agreed. are at Peloton should just not be in charge. Uh, agreed. Um, Michael Sage Mas- uh, Meister on Twitter mentioned this to me because I was tweeting about this. He's like, he's like, I'll cry if they really go under. It takes some real talent to kill a business with a user base of almost three million who are willing to pay fifty dollars a month for your service with almost no churn. And that's great. And then I pointed out my my res- my, my tongue in cheek response was. It's almost like over-indexing on doing your own manufacturing and then having a major product recall and also having softened demand are bad things. And his response, and this is such a perfect analogy, he goes, the way they ran manufacturing has a strong Homer Simpson investing all his money in pumpkin futures in late October vibes. (laughs) And that's completely accurate. Like, it it is really disappointing that they're getting rid of, like, the U.S. factory. Uh, But I'm going to say something uh, that that might seem callous, but I honestly think this is just a a common sense business thing. They never should have invested in a U.S. factory to begin with. Mm. Uh, They were not at the point where they had um, enough of of, they didn't have enough information to know, like, if, if they would have like what their demand curve was going to be. I think that investing in that to begin with was was a massive mistake. I think that's I think that's a great problem, Christina. They had people that desperately wanted a Peloton that were on a two or three month waiting list to Mm -hmm. get one. It was exclusive. It was a hard thing to get in the pandemic. And, you know, rather than selling that below cost, I might add, in some instances, they should have kept it higher priced, made an exclusive thing that's difficult to get and just grow their business more slowly. And you're 100% right there. That's interesting. So I, you're getting at uh, something that is, you know, part of the conversation about this on, you know, <laughs> the professional network of people who have opinions about companies, which is Twitter. Uh, I saw people suggesting like exactly the opposite, which is what Peloton should have done was make a bike that doesn't ship with a screen that will connect to your iPad or your phone uh, and can access lessons that way. So you you uh, are totally in disagreement with the idea that they should have scaled 
or should have made products that were less exclusive. Those people have products already. Uh, Apple right. Fitness, you know, Nordic Track has terrible classes through iFit, uh, whatever <laughs> also, it's Peloton called. Also, Peloton already offers their their classes separately. Like they, right. they, they already, they already do that. Yeah. 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 To, to me, I actually disagree with that because I feel like at that point you are getting into or you're getting close to getting into a commodity business of of bikes. Um, so mm-hmm. if you're going to sell a low cost one, like you are now having to compete against all the other cheap bikes that are out there. Yep. And at that point, um, you don't want to be in a commodity bike business. Uh, the benefit that Peloton has had, you know, obviously they overexpanded. Uh, they are having to cut manufacturing way back. They, they, they grew too fast too soon. They had the product recall, which really hurt them. Their response to the product recall, I still think is one of the worst things yep. I've ever seen. You know, uh, uh, 10 months later, I'm still enraged that uh, their original response to that was to argue with the CPSC, you know, and say we didn't do anything wrong when their child yeah. died. Anyway, I'm not going to relitigate that again. But um, I, I feel like they have a good um, profit margin potentially on their stuff now and and per- potentially their subscription service has a good profit margin. I don't I don't know if I see the value in them having a cheap bike you know, like I, I feel like that, if anything, almost cheapens the, the product more. What's wrong with being the Rolls Royce of the market? What's or wrong the Apple with being of the, market. the, the yeah. very best? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Like make, yeah. a, make an expensive product that's hard to get with insanely dedicated like like people that subscribe and just grow it slowly. There's, yeah, there's nothing think, wrong with that. I think you guys are right that like they they had the – Rolls Royce of bikes, but we're trying to have the Nordic track growth. Um, right. Which. Yeah. Well, they're, they're trying to go mainstreaming. The, yeah. the, the thing is, everybody wants to be the Apple of something. The hard thing with Apple is Apple's in a, a very unique company and that they make, um, it, you know, it, it's aspirational luxury. And it's something where, um, you know, you can find things usually in, in somebody's price range for someone to afford some part of it, even if it's just AirPods. Right. Um, but but Apple, because of the iPhone and other stuff, there there is a way where uh, a lot of people can buy their products. But uh, Peloton, I think, is one of those things where I think your point, Bree, um, I think that their way in has always been the fact they sell the service separately. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that that's the entry point. But I, I, yeah. but I feel like try, trying to go down market, it's not a down market product. Yeah, it's yeah. just not. That makes total sense. Do you think there's any truth because there are all these rumors out there that Apple is going to acquire it? And I'd ordinarily, I'd ordinarily be one to dismiss that. But I think people are not really aware of how closely integrated the Apple Watch is and sure. Apple Music is with this service. I mean, the the killer feature of the uh, the Peloton Bike Plus is that if you touch your Apple Watch to the P logo, uh, gym kit kicks in and it will monitor your heart rate and mirror it to screen and record all your workout information in a beautifully simplistic way. Additionally, if you link your Apple Music subscription to the service, any song that you like while it's playing, you just hit the heart icon and it's automatically synced to your phone to a special playlist forever. Like these are... These are two products that are really, really well integrated currently. And then mm-hmm. when I see Apple Fitness trying to play in the same space with, you know, let's be honest, target level instructors right. <laughs> that are not the real thing. Um, I don't know. I, I'm not convinced they're going to do it. But I think I think if they did, I could see it being very similar to you know, the Beats situation. Like, leave this company over there, let them have their own identity, but, like, make these products work together even better. I could I could really see that working. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that strategically it might make sense. The only reason that I am loath to think that would happen is just the same thing I say about any time that any Apple acquisition comes up is that, you know, Beats was their, long, was their largest acquisition to date. It was just over $3 billion. The market cap, even with Peloton's depressed stock, is, is $12.5 billion. Um, so they'd need to pay probably a premium on that. Um, so you're looking at probably 15 billion. I just don't see, even though that's like literally money that Apple found underneath the the sofa cushion, <laughs> I just don't see them as as doing that. Um, I, I I feel like Beats. There was a strategic play there because they didn't have anything for Apple Music, and so they used the Beats uh, uh, streaming service that had just launched um, for that. 
Um, they, they used maybe maybe some of the engineers for AirPods, although that's been debated, you know, and it had kind of an existing brand thing. I agree strategically it would it would align well. My personal thought is I just I just don't see it. I just feel like Apple doesn't make acquisitions of that size. But I, I do agree that it would it would be a good matchup. I think it's more likely, you know, the the rumors have been Amazon and Nike. I think both of those make sense. I think Nike would be interesting. Nike historically has had very, very, very strong um, Apple um, alignment uh, mm. going way back to the iPod. Uh, you know, there there were um, a little um, sensors you could um, connect to your shoes that uh, you could uh, that were little like, uh, you know, I don't know if they're Bluetooth or what they were, but basically you, you could sync stuff um, to, to your iPod uh, for, for various fitness things. And that was before the iPhone was even around. Um, obviously, there's the, the out, you know, the, the sport, the Nike edition Apple watches. So I feel like that could be a good thing. And then Amazon, if Amazon wanted to get into this space, I, I, I feel like Peloton could could make sense there, too. But uh, I don't know. I feel I don't know. Now, the rumors are that they are uh, trying to like they don't have an interest in selling. Um, right. Yeah, but I, I, I am. I think you raise a couple very strong contenders. Yeah, um, they don't have an interest in selling, but that doesn't mean that if they got a good offer, that the, 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 the investors, yeah, you know, wouldn't be like, "Hey, actually, yeah, you actually yeah. have to do this." Yeah, Amazon's uh, their their cloud infrastructure part of Peloton is a non-trivial cost. They've actually taken a lot of measures to cut back on, yeah. you know, the number of classes in their library, and you know, a lot of the other technical ways the videos are served to you. Um, you know, like the the camera feature that's built into every bike, like. Um, you know, it's built into the Peloton Plus bike and it's just never used, period, anymore. Yeah. So it's like completely wasted. So I could I could see that kind of synergy being helpful on one hand, but on the other, it's like Amazon doesn't make premium products, right? They make bottom, I'm sorry, but like, you know, they make good, but Fair enough. I mean, like the yeah, Echo, it would be it's a not weird, a HomePod. It's a you weird know? thing. Um, let's wrap this topic up. Uh, we'll see uh, what happens for Peloton in the future. Hopefully they'll have a better 2022 than they had in 2021. This episode of Rocket is brought to you by Hrefs. Are you tired of seeing your competitors outranking you in search results? Maybe you are, and you've wondered if there's an easier way to get more Google traffic. One option is to get an agency on an ongoing retainer. Why not? Listen, that can be pricey. Your solution is Hrefs Webmaster Tools, and it is free. The best part is, this is not a 14-day free trial offer. It's just free. And it's a super powerful tool that'll do a full website audit for you and keep working for you. It'll scan your site and prioritize precisely what you need to fix to improve your search results so that you can do such wonderful things as see which keywords your pages are ranking for, understand how Google sees your content, and discover how making changes can blow up your traffic, which could do a lot for your business. It's time you started getting Google to work for your business. Go to hrefs.com slash webmaster dash tools to get the free tool now, or click the link that's right here in the show notes. That is A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash webmaster dash tools. Our thanks to Hrefs for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Third topic for today, Warner Media is having a bad week. Not really. <laughs> uh, so, oh no, they are though. I mean, yeah. like, we're not we're not even talking about all the all the the strife happening at CNN, which is oh my god, wow. We're not even going to get into that. But yes, Warner Media is having a bad week. Tell us more. Village Roadshow Films, a co-producer on uh, the Matrix Resurrections, as well as some other big films like Joker, uh, is suing Warner Media for what else but the fact that Matrix Resurrections was released. Same day on HBO Max uh, as when it came out in theaters. The lawsuit alleges that Warner Media quote unquote rushed the release of Matrix Resurrections from 2022 to 2021 so that it could release it on HBO Max uh, as part of, you know, the same plan where, you know, Dune was released on HBO Max on the same day it came out in theaters, as well as some other big films of that year. Uh, Warner has in 2022 
recommitted to releasing uh, films exclusively in theaters. But in 2021, it did that with a lot of its blockbusters on HBO Max, a good streaming service, according to my notes, a good streaming service that is constantly overlooked. What? Huh, who wrote that? Uh, the lawsuit <laughs> essentially accuses Warner Media of, quote unquote, a clandestine plan to materially reduce box office and correlated ancillary revenue <laughs> generated from tentpole films that Village Roadshow and others would be entitled to receive in exchange for driving subscription revenue for the new HBO Max service. Uh, it also points out something that we confirmed uh, during Scarlett Johansson's lawsuit against Disney for uh, the release of Black Widow on Disney+, Plus, which is that when a film is released same day on a streaming service, piracy does indeed go way, way, way up. Uh, that lawsuit from Scarlett Johansson was settled and the terms were not disclosed. Uh, but here we go again on this rodeo. What do y'all think about it? Well, I guess... <sighs> I was I was really bummed to see how poorly Matrix Resurrection Resurrection did in theater, right? Um, you know, this is a franchise I care about. I think the fourth film is the second best. It was a good story. It was, you know, much more subdued. And you know, for me here in Boston, I kept trying to get um a screening to go see it in every theater was just absolutely sold out near me. Like, uh, my mm -hmm. only choice to see it was to sit at the very front uh, of one of the, like, you know, the small theaters that only fits 20 people and, um, you know, possibly risking Omicron, which I wasn't going to do. So, um, you know, this, for me at least, I wanted to see it in theaters. They wouldn't put it in one big enough to go see it. And I eventually mm -hmm. just gave in and saw it on HBO. So it, it doesn't surprise me. And it makes me sad because to me, this is a direction for the franchise I'm very interested in. One of their uh, Village statements was, you know, the, the lack of success for this in the box office really um, hurts Temple franchises like The Matrix because it means we can't get, um, you know, investors for other kinds of films or, or, or spinoffs from those films. So um, I think this is a very valid lawsuit, and I, I want to see a fuller conversation about what the consequences are of you know, moving to something like HBO Max. It's interesting. I kind of have the opposite kind of take in the sense that I do feel like uh, a lot of these agreements, I mean, and Jason Keillor of, of Warner Media was um, obviously like the first person to do the whole we are going to do them on the same uh, uh, day and date thing uh, that a lot of the studio, uh, not studio, a lot of the, the film directors have, uh, I think, rightfully kind of rallied against and have been against those things. Although I think that even before the Scarlett Johansson lawsuits, uh, there were some, um, you know, other uh, uh, directors who'd expressed their displeasure. And I, I thought mm -hmm. that they'd settled a lot of those things in their contracts to at least try to make things whole. I didn't like the the latest Matrix film, so my flippant kind of latest Matrix films, I, I didn't hate it, but it really didn't do anything for me. So my flippant response was, make a better movie. Maybe more people will go see it. Uh, but I, I, I mean, so I, I realize that's reductive, but at the same time, I do think the thing that kind of goes in their favor, but kind of doesn't, you know, you look at the unprecedented success of, of Spider-Man, and uh, I think that there is an argument to be made that it would not have done as well if it had also been available in streaming. Having said that, I think Spider-Man was just uh, an infinitely better and, and more exciting, more watchable movie. Uh, and well, and I so think, I think that is a huge aspect of it, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. I, I just looked at the date just to double check uh, and Spider came out. Spider-Man came out like a week before Matrix Resurrections. And what I was hearing around that time was like theaters are bumping other movies to put in more Spider-Man because so many people want to see Spider-Man. I think that right. that uh, that crushing out of non uh, non I mean, Matrix is a blockbuster, but it's no, no, not no, a no, Disney the, blockbuster. Was, well, uh, I, I don't know. Matrix historically is a massive blockbuster. I don't I think that eventually, yes, theaters are probably pushing Matrix out to have more Spider-Man things opening release week. I don't think so at all. OK. Uh, I, I, in, in no way. I, and in fact, knowing how much both of those companies. But, but they like, were both in theaters at the same time. So 
that ultimately does affect the box office if they're yeah, but but you can't sue over that. Look at look at Scream Five. Yeah, you know, Scream Five just came out. I've seen it three times in theaters already, and yeah, you know, that's not available on a streaming service. The, another, it only costs twenty four million dollars to make, and you know you have a fanatical uh, fan base exactly like Matrix, and yeah, you know, because you can't watch it on HBO Max. I mean, it was the number one movie uh, in the country for quite a while. So, I I. I think I, I hear your point, Christina, and you know we can agree to disagree on the film. Though I'm curious what you didn't like about it, but I I think it's inarguable that if you can just watch something on a service, you're paying you oh. know what is it fifteen dollars a month for? Why would you oh, just yeah. spend forty dollars on a date night to see it? No, I, I don't disagree in the slightest. Obviously, it has an impact, and and uh, you know they can they can do things in the contract to make things pay out that way. I just don't think that's the whole reason why it, why it ha- was a relative disappointment at the box office at all. I, I think that uh, reviews were mixed. Um, I think that uh, I actually do disagree that the I, I'm not going to in any way put any blame on Spider Man. If anything, those things I think kind of lift things up. And in mm-hmm. in non pandemic times, you very frequently have. Uh, you know, multiple tentpole big films going up against one another. That is sure. that is a common thing that has existed forever. So I do not think that had any impact. I think after two weeks, if your Matrix screens are not selling out and you have more demand for Spider-Man, yeah, you might lose it. But at this point, I think you, the, actually the biggest problem the theaters have is that there aren't enough movies to even put on the screens. So, uh, you know, um, I uh, I feel like there are probably a lot of reasons for it. Did, did it. did it have an impact? I think it undoubtedly did. I I just don't think that it's, it's the full impact, but it'll be interesting to see what the lawsuit says. I, w- I would agree with you if I had not, you know, my theater is huge near me. And I can tell you as someone who checked Fandango literally every single day, looking for an 11 a.m. show, looking for a 1 p.m. show, looking for a 3 p.m. show to go see The Matrix in theaters because that's the way I want to do it. Right. I can tell you my theater had Spider-Man on all four of our major screens playing. And it was like few people there. And then Matrix was relegated to one of the small theaters on the side that can fit yeah. 20 people. And they were all constantly sold out. Well, then at that point, I think that your your lawsuit shouldn't be about, and I don't even know if this could be a lawsuit, your 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 issue shouldn't be that it was on HBO Max. It should be you didn't do enough to get it on more screens. Right. Uh, and, and and that uh, a certain amount of that comes down to Village Roadshow, right? Like, honestly, like there a certain amount of that comes down to their own relationships with exhibitors. So that that becomes a, a, an exhibitor relations question rather than um, I, I, I think that the argument I, I, I firmly reject the idea that Warner Media did what was was purposely trying to depress uh, theatrical box office and theatrical demand to push people to subscribe to their service that, that, I, I, that I, I reject do. i agree with that because yeah, i feel I like even if they're I, I i believe that they were trying to bump subscriptions to hbo max but i don't think they yes. were actively trying to suppress box no. office at the same no. time nobody what would wins be interesting that. what would be interesting here and i fully expect that this will like the scarlett johansson um a suit i fully expect that this will be settled before it goes to court but what would be really interesting would be to see if they could show figures, internal figures, if they would be able to get information for how many uh, direct subscriptions HBO thinks they got specifically for people to watch the the Matrix. Um, that would be an interesting figure to see uh, and, and see if that would have made any material difference or not. Uh, mm-hmm. Something tells me that um, – uh, I, I don't know how much of a driver that was for, for new subscribers, to be honest. I mean, maybe it has some impact, but maybe it didn't. But yeah. that would be an interesting number to see. Wow. If only people would subscribe to HBO Max and then we could just stop having these problems. <laughs> I mean, hey, they've everything. had a banner year. HBO Max is, I, look, it's got some of the, it's one of the worst apps, which is unfortunate because my it's my favorite service by far. It's really good. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, let us talk about what we're doing this week. Brianna, what are you up to this week? Uh, I'm down in Florida. Um, we are working on the Marco Rubio uh, Val Deming trace, and I'm down here trying to get some things to happen uh, with that. It's very exciting. We did a bunch of uh, research that shows uh, Marco Rubio can definitely be beaten. Uh, Val Demings has some real uh, advantages on him. Like I've got cold, hard polling data that shows what issues people uh, are responding to. So uh, I'm down here executing that vision. Excellent. And Christina, what about you? 
So I'm in Atlanta. I am uh, my sister for her birthday uh, slash Christmas this year. I got us tickets to see Casey Musgraves. Um, and so we're doing that on Wednesday. That's why we're recording uh, the show early this week. So I'm uh, going to a concert. But no, I'm, I'm here. I'm going to a concert. I'm looking forward to that and, uh, you know, just visiting with the family. I'm also working remotely because I have a bunch of work meetings this week. So that's interesting because I'm in a different time zone mm. from everybody else. So that's that's oh, fun. Yeah. yeah, so You're in so our I'm time work- zone. <laughs> exactly. I, I, I'm, I'm, in the nor- I'm in the correct time zone. But alas, uh the the work time zone is is three hours behind so yeah so I am uh, I'm working and I'm going to a uh, to a concert that I'm very excited about yay uh, I have huge news yes my D and D group finally scheduled another PowerPoint party night so I finally get <gasps> to present my fifty page slideshow on Dinotopia <gasps> oh my god <laughs> on Dinotopia <laughs> yeah. And my roommate, uh, my roommate texted me yesterday. Uh, my friends are going to the ballet on Friday. And she was like, do you want to pick up your ticket to the ballet? I just bought mine. And I, I was able to tell her, I can't. I have to present a PowerPoint on Dinotopia to my D&D group. <laughs> now, 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 is this the books or the TV show? Uh, the books, but there will be a brief section on the TV show. Because they don't know. I, they don't know what it is. I have to tell them everything. I, I love this for you. I love that you were do. I, I actually, um, please send me your PowerPoint. I would love to see your, your Dinotopia PowerPoint. Actually, you might even need to publish this online after you present it to your D&D group. I, I feel like our listeners deserve to see this. I will. Yeah, there is I a think potential you'd be it could stealing be it from them. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, wait, go on. No, I was saying you can't, you can't hide your life from the world. Yes, amount that that lesson is in the Bible. You can't keep your light under a candle. You have to let it shine for everyone. So Thank please, you. Thank you so much please, for those. Uh, please, kind words that I will reflect on as I count down the hours to my presentation. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm very excited about this for you. <sighs> okay, hey, that's us for this week. Brianna, where can we find you online? Uh, you can find me on Brianna Wu on Twitter. And honestly, listeners, I'm I'm really interested in feedback. Um, you know, one of the reasons I took the last two weeks off is I don't want to torture y'all with uh, my scratchy voice. Um, you know, I wanted to show up this week. Beyond, like, let me know is this is this okay for me to talk like this on the show? Is it irritating to you? Like, like, let me know because um, you know, the last thing I would want to do is hurt Rocket. Thank you. Uh, and Christina, what's up? Uh, you can find me at film underscore girl on the Twitters and the Instagrams. And you can see uh, the show that I do every week, the download at youtube.com slash Microsoft developer. It is not up this week because I'm out of town, but you can still go to youtube.com slash Microsoft developer and watch all of the episodes of the download. It's really good. I make jokes that if corporate people watch, they probably wouldn't, you know, like love. Um, and uh, we have a good time. So yeah, that's it. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Doom Quasar and at youtube.com slash polygon. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Rocket. I hope that you will review it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you do those things. We really appreciate it when that happens. It's helpful for us. And uh, that's cool. This episode of Rocket is terminated. 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 Terminated.